Youth ministry can always use some big ideas. Ideas that are faithful to relational ministry, but also provide some crazy, fun, and life-giving resources for youth leaders, youth in leadership, and the church. Now that's religion. This is the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Podcast. Your source for information, discussion, and feedback in youth ministry of all shapes and sizes. Now, here are your hosts, Michelle Thomas-Bush and Cliff Haddocks. Welcome to the Big Ideas of Youth Ministry Podcast, a podcast resource for the church as we seek to be faithful with and for young people in all settings and sizes. Coming to you live from the ARW Conference at Montreat, North Carolina. Hi, I'm Cliff Haddix, uh, also known as the Reverend Geek, and I am, we're back, we're back. We've had a little time off, but my co-host, Michelle Thomas-Bush, is back with me. We're back. I'm glad to be here. We've actually had some people asking for our podcast, for some new podcasts and conversation about youth ministry. So um, I'm glad that we can gather together. I'm grateful, too, to co-host with you, Cliff. And you mm-hmm. said you slipped that in, the Reven Geek. The Reven Geek, yes. So yes. spell that for me. R-E-V-N-G-E-E-K. It's been my gamer tag and Twitter handle. And plus, people always just associate me with being the geek. I, I was just in a, a class mm-hmm. uh, about uh, 20 minutes before we recorded this in which I fixed the projector, I fixed the computer, and I fixed the PowerPoint. So and it last just, night you had five computers here doing a yes, simulation. Yes, I, I have. Game, I'm so. doing – I have six – actually six. Six computers here doing a Starship simulator for an event tonight. So, yeah, so, that's the kind of thing I do. So uh, send a note to uh, Cliff yes. on Twitter, and he'll yeah. tell you about that. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I will not fix your computer. But you're I, actually I a pastor. I am a pastor, yes. Pastor primarily, yes. Where, where do you serve? I'm at Central Presbyterian Church in Dayton, Ohio. It's a church that's in an industrial neighborhood. Uh, we're just in the shadow of a closed GM plant. Mm-hmm. So we deal, with, uh, we deal a lot with uh, economic depression. We deal a lot mm-hmm. with that mission field where I am, and that's what we do. And I'm on the other end. I'm at Myers Park Presbyterian Church. Uh, that's a much larger church, mm-hmm. uh, associate for youth and their families um, in a neighborhood church that's uh, pretty affluent, and but also has their own struggles. So, um, But there are always days when both of us need ideas about youth ministry. So we go to the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Facebook page, and we want to invite all of you to join us. That's a place where you can share your big ideas, get some big ideas, find support to navigate the waters of ministry. Um, Everything from the serious to the to just the, I just need a place to have a fun little vent or or, or right, come up right. with, or I need a game. I need a game for tonight. Or in I two need, hours. In two hours, I need a game. Um, there was a discussion just the other day that I thought was wonderful. Somebody was asking about, um, I'm getting ready to do a retreat with my youth. I need activities for my introverts. Because mm-hmm. everybody is like, oh, what what can I do for the for the? I mean, everybody knows a million games for extroverts and all those things. But and it was great. All these different yeah. ideas started just flowing for little like, things they could do to talk to the introverts to pull them out. So that's the type of stuff that happens on there every day. Even if we don't have a podcast for you for that week, right. you can find that type of stuff there. Cliff, there's also a new group that's emerging in the big ideas world. It's so if you do young adult ministry. There is Big Ideas in Young Adult Ministry. That is a Facebook group that just has started. Uh, Sarah R. has started that. And so if you have questions or ideas um, about the practical work of ministry with people in their 20s or 30s, Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Facebook. Young Adult Ministry Facebook page. So we're grateful and important. excited to see where that goes. And we're definitely excited that today we've got Dan Davis, Executive Director of Camp Rockmount. Is that at- your title? 
Uh, director. Director. Oh, sorry. <laughs> director. Okay. He's been there long enough. He should be. Yes. Executive. Dan Davis, director of Camp Rockmont. Is it Rockmont or Rockmount? Rockmont. Rockmont. I'll make certain I get that right. Rockmont in Black Mountain, North Carolina. And to just to be another great person sharing ideas here in the space. And thank you for joining us today. Yeah, Dan has given a top priority to mentoring the young men. And so... I was going to say uh, of this generation, but it's really been about three generations of young men. I don't want to age you, but you you probably started with Jet Xers I in did. 1983. That's exactly right. This is my 36th summer wow. doing this. So. so three generations of young men. So you have some experience about uh, male spirituality and guiding young men. What wisdom do you have for us? Why do you feel called to do this work? It was interesting. Out of seminary, we were looking at different career paths. One was the obvious, go to church, be a, uh, on the road to being a youth pastor, pastor, family ministry. Karen and I were trying to see where we were being called. Then we had this chance of working with young men, and just the diversity of the job is what really grabbed me, to be with folks on the trail and to be with folks on horseback mm-hmm. and blacksmithing. And it just seemed like there was a fullness there. The sanctuary has always had limits for me. Pastor's kid. Mm -hmm. So I'd have my fill by about 10. Mm -hmm. I'd have my fill of the sanctuary, even though I'm very committed to the church. In fact, we're members at Black Mountain Prez and have been. But the church is bigger than the sanctuary. Absolutely. And actually, the language I use is there's only so much you can learn in the sanctuary. Mm. You've got to get wisdoms found in the wilderness. And so unless you're able to get to the wilderness, you really have little chance at too much depth. Mm-hmm. And so I would think that's one of the things with the male initiatory process. I don't think it's that different from the female initiatory process anymore. Mm-hmm. It used to be. just happens to be who I'm dealing with and on the trail with is young men and men. Mm-hmm. And one of the beautiful things about that process is you're saying yes to the masculine and the feminine. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's just the masculine, I think, over the last few generations has been shamed to such a degree mm-hmm. that folks are scared to touch it. Mm-hmm. And so the guys are really removed from their body, from who they are. And when left unmoved, they go to shame, anger, addiction, depression. I would say those are the four yeah. go-tos yeah. without initiatory process. And I would say there, what I hear you saying is that there are young men who – really want to be full and have an abundant life in an engaging way with women and men. But this is part of what the experience has been in their world. It's not like we are, um, I think that there are some men and I am just going to throw this out there and y'all can, there are two men at this table. So, um, but I think there are some men who are resenting the loss of entitlement. Mm. Is that fair to say? Oh, I, I would. I, I, I'll, let me come. At, let me come at this from from the, the direction. I resent that. You, I'll, come at, I'll come at it from the geek the geek direction, which is you know our, the geek culture that I'm a part of has changed a lot in in my lifetime. It was a bunch of us guys that right. hung out in the basement and read our comic books, and now you have Avengers, which has made billions of dollars and has a wide variety audience and has female diverse st- d- strong diverse casting strong diverse characters and there are those of there are those of my people who need to do some work with themselves because they're upset that 
Like, what are these girls doing here? And what are what what are these heroes that are like this when they should look like this? And, and I'm sensing that you're saying our life is richer in the world we live, but there's still struggles for these men because of some of this change. Absolutely. And it's a great question, the entitlement. Yes, we're pissed off uh-huh. to lose any rights. And that's, I mean, the key to the initiatory process is giving up control. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think our guests, it's, I think it's true of everybody, but men worship control mm-hmm. much more than anything else. I think we all crave it. And until it is, well, things have to kind of fall apart. And that's yeah. what initiation did. It orchestrated the falling apart. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of see the pattern of what it means to get back up. And you follow this hero's journey work. If you know right, any of Joseph right. Campbell's work, mm-hmm. it happens again and again and again. And you can either see it as a universal pattern, which it is, mm-hmm. or you can just be bitter and angry and mm-hmm. depressed your whole life. Well, and if, if you are bitter and angry about that, then women come back demanding control. You know, there's a power struggle instead of like a mutuality in the world. And I feel like you, what you're doing is creating young men who really can be mutual givers in a relationship and in work and life and church. I know young men who've gone through your program and, and I've seen them throughout their lives just be a wonderful gift in any relationship. Uh, thank you. Number one, I'm glad you met that one person. No, there were like, there are several from like 13 to like 30, um, that I've met along the way. Yeah. The hope, uh, you know, people ask, what's your hope for these guys? And they want an easy answer. Our hope is wholeness, Mm -hmm. whole men, whole women demand a whole world. Amen. That's our big hope. So tell me those four things again. Uh, The way we say it, when men are left unchecked or uninitiated, Mm -hmm. uh, we typically go to shame or blame. Mm Mm-hmm. Addiction or depression. And I think you watch that in your own life. I think right. that's pretty true. Yeah. I actually, I think that's true. Okay. But uh, you're doing such a specialized ministry. What do you think that, as you have learned, what do we as youth leaders need to know? Because you're seeing it in a concentrated basis. We see it from time to time. What do we need to know about the developmental needs of a young man just figuring out who he is growing into be the adult he will become? That's that's a great question. I will say I kind of get that too, even though I'm not employed by a church. I am uh, work with our church youth mm-hmm. group, and it's mm-hmm. great because I get to see number one. That's a calling of mine as well, mm-hmm. and it's so radically different Sunday night at five o'clock when we meet, right? Versus being on a trail with a group of young folks for a week, twenty four hours a day. Wow, yeah. The challenge in the mm-hmm. fellowship hall is much more challenging mm-hmm. than it is on the trail. Uh, I think the first thing to answer your question, Cliff, about what we do, number one, if folks don't know they're loved at a deep level, then the rest, everything else is Mm. off the table. And so I think us as uh, youth ministers and elders and mentors repeating again and again, you are loved completely. I will say if there's one mantra word in our program, it is telling a young man he's loved completely by God. I'm going to stop you right there. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. But you slipped in your mantra. Our mantra is, and I, I've been doing some work, like, what are our mantras in my youth ministry program? Mm-hmm. What are the things I say? Because I don't want to say, I don't want one of my mantras to be put away your cell phones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if I don't have my list of mantras, like, you are loved completely, mm-hmm. then what they're going to remember is put away your cell phones, do this, do that. And that doesn't feel like love. So I'm great, grateful you mentioned the mantras. We have a uh, 
something we talked about, and this comes from uh, a Wendell Berry quote about being freed and bound. So I will say along with that love, we talk about this, the gift of freedom and the gift of boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a mix. And, and you're right, it, that happens on a deep level as far as knowing that love. Because you have to have the boundaries. I mean, what part of youth, right, pres- exactly. youth development is impulse control? Mm-hmm. A lot of it. Right. First half of spiritual development mm-hmm. is discipline. The second half is freedom and liberation, or God, I hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But hopefully they'll get those boundaries. And you have boundaries in your program, but Huge. they leave knowing you are love because you've said it over and over and over again. But even though I, – I, and I don't want to jump too hard, but as you talk about there are boundaries in there. But I imagine the boundaries that they're given in your situation are so different from the boundaries they have in a day-to-day life. Some are opened up much larger to discover who they are and maybe others more confined to provide more discipline and could provide more um, concentration. So can you talk about like what's a different – a day in the life differing from day to day versus a day in – in your program? It's a great question. I, I kind of, uh, for me, theoretically, when I think of my work now, summer camp, what I think of it is, is people on pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. And so pilgrimage, if you've ever been on it kind of in a very, um, you know, pointed way or you just dropped into it, there are just limits involved in that. So limits on the pilgrimage that come with me is none of them have cell phones or mm-hmm. any electronics. Mm-hmm. Huge. It just creates a space. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't get to pick out what they eat each day. Mm. Again, huge. huge. Oh. That's such a powerful thing. 20 years ago, that wasn't as big an issue. It's a huge yeah. issue now. Huge issue. And so we don't make, you know, we don't, uh, it just happens. That's a nice thing about being on pilgrimage. We don't have to make a thing about it. It's the reality. And I think in youth ministry, too, for us, that's one of the lessons you learn, that sometimes you don't get a choice. That's right. And you're going to be fed. Exactly. And you're going to be okay. It's huge. So some natural consequences. They're also put in a place where they, their community, they're, they're in a new family situation. Mm-hmm. And so they're, we, I call it, they're developed a keenness and a leanness. So they don't have everything they want, no mm-hmm. refrigerator for them. They can't dial their way out or nobody dials anymore. Yeah. Well, you can't distract yourself. <laughs> exactly. That distraction device is out of there. And they're also kind of listening and looking at other people who are not just like them. Mm-hmm. And so the ingredients of those kind of boundaries are huge. The freedom I think they experience is, wow, they can thrive in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've been on uh, some sort of trip where you've had any leanness, whether it's a backpacking trip or even having to fly, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get to bring your whole wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to think, and there's such a beautiful thing over time about being away from home and being okay. Right. And you can do that. And if you could do that, what else can you do? Because in those hard times, when you say you go to those places of addiction or depression, I think you have to remember, I can get to that place again because I've been there. So you can remember those positive emotions, the lean time, and the strength you found in that. And that helps get through a harder time. Absolutely, which is coming. I mean, that's also the the one thing we do in our program is uh, we're trying to be prophetic mm. in that this is going to fall apart. Whatever you're building for yourself, it's going to fall apart, and you're going to fall into this love of God that is complete. No matter what you do, you're not going to change the mind of God about you. And it's so powerful Amen. for a young person. We don't have that kind of control over mm-hmm. God, and it's good news. So I wrote a couple of uh, – I was thinking about it this morning – kind of thinking about church work and the work we do as youth folks 
who get to be a part of their lives day after day. Mm-hmm. So here are my little um, kind of comparisons or additions that our young folks need worship and wilderness. Mm-hmm. They need praying and participating. Mm-hmm. They need Bonhoeffer and Brene Brown. 100%. Mm-hmm. Need Brene Brown. Yes. If, if you haven't done some work with Brene Brown, you need to. I mm-hmm. just really think yeah. it's really profound. You need the gospel and you need Iron John. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been familiar with the Robert Bly work, the mid-'80s, it's really good. You need Jesus and Joseph Campbell. Oh, great comparison. Yeah. Um, and you need the first and second half uh, stories of spiritual life. I think sometimes they get stuck on one of those. You know, you get stuck on Bernie Brown, but not Bonhoeffer. Oh, yeah, you got to have both. And that's a hard, That's what I see in our world is that, you know, they sometimes will get some of this, but they're still hungry because you don't have the foundation of faith because this generation is kind of a blank, blank slate of faith, uh, which is a gift. I mean – I was talking just two nights ago with our youth group, or Sunday night, talking about what they had gotten this year. That was our question. What have you kind of oh, loved this year? Oh, you know, well, you know, yeah. And, of course, what they talk about, self-disclosure here, is the pizza party right. and the Iron Chef night and the bowling. And nobody said one word about the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tried them, and I go, listen, this is beautiful. We want to be with you. We as a youth We love advisors, the pizza party, too. We yeah. so want you to be known, and we want you to be in a trusted relationship. Mm-hmm. But if you miss this calling of Jesus, mm-hmm. you've really missed it. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge I have, and I think we all have, with the mm-hmm. juiciness of the hero's journey. It's absolutely true. You can see mm-hmm. it throughout Scripture. In fact, I think you need oh, to yeah. see Scripture I, in that I, way. I just got done doing a keynote at a, at a retreat that was all about the hero's journey in terms of movies, TV, and Scripture. Once you understand it, you start yeah. to see it. That's where we go. We go movies, then we go, where do you see it in Scripture? Then we go, where do you see it in your own life? Yeah. By golly. That's <laughs> it's great. like I stole your curriculum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's beautiful. You start to get this. And so when this is kind of the warding off the shame and the depression and the addiction, you get to go, I'm in a tough spot here. And that's a universal spot for me, mm-hmm. that training and discipline. Of course. Mm-hmm. How could it be any different? And so uh, another way to say it is that to get young folks to start to warm to the reality. Mm-hmm. The reality is their reality, and to be able to say yes to that, see the beauty in it, see the downward journey in it, mm-hmm. and be able to walk with that storm, walk mm-hmm. through or in the shadow and, of the valley those, of death. Those four things that you named before all are feeding into I can't deal with the reality. I can't do with the reality. Let me numb the reality. Let me check out of the reality. The reality is it puts me in a spiral that I can't I can't function rather than being able to turn into the skid. Exactly. And I know, Dan, a little bit that you practice some mindfulness. And for me, the mindfulness of being present in the pain and that it doesn't eliminate or take away the pain, but it just gives you the courage to stay present. And I'm finding that we are teaching some mindfulness to our youth and how to take some deep breaths, take three deep breaths and sit for a minute, be present. Um, They know that language more than they know a prayer. Part of it is helping them to understand those three deep breaths are, are gifts from God. And that is a prayer. But it's interesting to me that they are really hungry for that so that they don't like Cliff said, fall into those. 
spirals. I agree. And I think it's one of the gifts of our work. I mean, if I think about folks who are working with youth and what's worthwhile about getting out of bed in the morning mm-hmm. is the mindfulness, the awakeness movement is definitely here, right? And that's great. I mean, that's kind of how we've grown generationally. We're at a place of folks realize they're more mm-hmm. than these things we've been given are not working. Mm-hmm. You know, the capitalistic dream. They've been asleep for a while. They need to wake up. And to be able to do that work and also uh, walk with the gospel on that, that's Mm -hmm. the challenge. Mm -hmm. The gospel's so demanding. Mm -hmm. It's so difficult, uh, in my opinion. We we call it rewarding, simply difficult. That's right. Oh, it's it's the gateway to freedom. And when young people are are so distant from the gospel, getting them to that place is a little bit of a struggle. It's huge. Struggle. Well, and not only a struggle, but unless you kind of have that epiphany, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's not book learning. It's not the mm-hmm. day, you know, you read the right paragraph and you got it. Mm-hmm. And you, if you don't get it experientially, I don't think you get it. Right. But sometimes, do you think that we can give them some of the tools so that when they get in that place of crisis, they can get through that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, w- because once. I think sometimes minist- that's what ministry is like. Your life has been really great. You have not even failed a test. Mm. You've n- you've made every team. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to die in your life. Yeah, you're not going to get a job that you thought was your career path. You don't have the skills to function. The significant other you were certain you were going to marry right. one day, it's not going to work. You out. can't get out of bed because you have some mental illness that yeah. you got to deal with. I'm hoping they'll remember. You are loved, and God loves you, and that love can carry you to the next step. So. Absolutely. People ask me, we have this initiatory process for 16-year-olds, and we call mm-hmm. it the end of boyhood, and we're welcoming into young manhood. It's highly ritualized. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really taking them on a downward journey, and parents are constantly going, well, what are they going to be like? I get that question more than anything. Well, what, how are you going to transform my son? I'm like, number one, I don't know. And I'm not going to transfer your son at all. Uh, but our hope is that we kind of are able to, for them to claim a truth that when things fall apart, and they will, if your son has any chance at death, it's going to fall apart for him. And that he's going to fall into this, of course I knew this would happen. And I've got this God that loves me. This hasn't changed anything. And on a bigger thing, this is also beautiful about the church, why the church is so hopeful. I only have a God who loves me. But I've got Jim Stevens. I've got Kathy Jones, Mm -hmm. who's told me that they'd always be there for me. Mm -hmm. Huge. Right. And to have them even be able to name those people Mm. and hear from those people. Another missing point, you you can get me going on this, but we've lost our elder class in the church. Mm. My two cents. Say more about that. That we've lost people who are able to give themselves to younger folks Without the attachment of them needing to achieve or graduate or make A's, they're just there for that young person. That they see the young people in the church as their people. Mm-hmm. Not another family, not we hope those parents do well, but those are my people, my kids, that I'm going to give my life to without being overattached. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a healthy way. In a healthy way. It's a, that's a whole nother mm-hmm. talk. It's kind of mm-hmm. healthy uh, Elders yeah, in the church, yeah. but I think most folks feel very alone in the church. Why do you think we've lost church. that? Is it because we're so individualized in the world or self-focused? Uh, the kind of as you study the male industry process, you date it back to industrial revolution when we first had the thought of we no longer need our neighbor. 
Mm. They're going to get their job. They're going to be successful. I'm going to be successful. Mm. When we no longer needed our neighbor, their kids became less important to them. Mm. When our welfare was was also part of our neighbor, Mm. their son really mattered to me. Because I needed him to be a good farmer or a good blacksmither or a good financial person. Yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're echoing one of, the, uh, one of the most poignant conversations I ever had with my grandfather. Uh, my, grand, my family's from central West Virginia, which has a lot of issues, including racism. And I asked, how is it that like, I've never heard a racist word from you ever? Never heard you. I never heard you. Um, you know, you went to World War II. All these, I never heard you. And he said, he said, we were too poor for that. Flat out, he said, we were too poor for that. We were in the Depression. We needed each other. Needed each other. Yeah, he, like, said, he said, I needed to go to the African-American man down the street and trade junk with him. And then I needed to sell to somebody else when I killed a rabbit. And then I had, he, said, he said, we just, there was no room for that. There was just no room for it in our lives. And wealth definitely has changed our world. Oh. Yeah. Profoundly. And I, now I'm, I don't have, I, although I've visited developing countries, mm-hmm. I don't have an expertise in it, mm-hmm. but it's different. Mm-hmm. When you go there, there's a different, you know, you're not thinking if I just get it right, I'm going to be able to succeed. You need your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a funky little industrialized thing we have going on. And when I'm speaking with men's groups, that's one of the things when they're asking, well, how do we change it? I said, you start caring about that, that young man down your street and that person you pass on the way to work. That'll change things. I think you even have to stop and notice them first. Yeah. <laughs> to a point. Then you know who they are and take yeah. a step in that. Which takes slowing down. Mm-hmm. Which takes mm-hmm. being mindful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. We can't be the rich man walking past Lazarus at the end of the driveway exactly. saying, hey, oh, wait a minute. What's, what's going on there? Have him bring me some water once we're in hell. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So, Dan, what do you hope for the church? What do you hope the church can offer our young men or what do what do you hope what are your hopes for the next you know couple years uh my big hope for churches was great i was uh working with a church in san antonio just two months ago very vibrant men's ministry Mm -hmm. i mean people show up which Mm -hmm. is not always the case Mm -hmm. i mean for more than just a pancake Mm -hmm. uh lunch and it is that extending to folks um, younger than them Mm -hmm. them seeing those young folks instead of hoping they'll be smart to hoping they'll be whole mm-hmm. and to get involved. That's my big hope. I think it's, you know, it's like anything. Relationships change people, not sermons. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about relational mm-hmm. it is. ministry. Um, yeah. And th- for me in a church that is large, that is something we struggle with. Mm-hmm. So we try to put as many adults in the lives of kids that we can and recognize it is not about me. But I still have to have relationship with them. The same way about you, because you're a director, you are not the camp counselor sleeping in the cabins, hanging out with the kids, but but you still need those relationships. Mm. Absolutely. And they need you in their life. Mm. And we all agreed to be part of those relationships when we sat there in the congregation and that child was offered up at the baptismal font and we all covenanted, yes, we will. We will do all these things. And... This this is that's a good reminder of our vow. There's more to it than just shaking hands with that family at the end of the day and calling it good. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're you signed up for a lifetime commitment with that child. That is a great point. What does baptism mean? Mm -hmm. What's the commitment of those? You know, that's huge. And I will say, as I you know, one of the other things I get to do is I have interviewed hundreds of seventeen to thirty year olds. Mm Hundreds. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have spent their life in church. 
and I ask them, what was powerful about that church experience? Most of them have very little to say. And I usually say, you got ripped off. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was telling our kids the other night. Really, you don't know who you are in Christ because I'm glad you're happy and I'm glad the bowling was fun. I want it to be fun. Mm-hmm. But that's not – that's what I said to him the other night. That's not going to sustain you through the long night of the soul. Mm-hmm. And it's coming. But it is helpful f- for us as youth leaders to say, what what did you love about that bowling? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fact that you had incredible joy, it is helpful to name that positive emotion. It's not just bowling. Mm-hmm. It's that I – had fun and I was with people who loved me and that will be a start to get you through the long night of the soul. Like I can get back to a place of positive emotion. And if I, so I don't think bowling does it necessarily, but it can be a start to that. And I don't think they know joy. Yeah. I'm going to go back a little Mm -hmm. bit and uh, twist around what I was saying, because if I had one kind of, you know, if there was one thing that marked why these kids are hurting, it's disconnectedness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're disconnected from our mm-hmm. bodies, from the church body, from the universal body. And so you make a great So point. maybe helping them make that connection that the re- what is the reason you like the pizza? Mm-hmm. Is it? It's not pizza. You can get pizza anywhere. Right. But what, what is it about having pizza in church with this group of people mm-hmm. on that night? And maybe then you can get to that deeper mm-hmm. question of... You know, and you know, one of my mentors, if part of being loved by the church community, how much can you really know about the cross at eighteen? I mean, things have to fall right. apart, right? right? I think we do. Yeah. You know, I think the love is so important because the depth of redemption and resurrection oh, promise—you you don't, don't need resurrection promise when life is okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's nice, and the the flower cross on Easter is beautiful, yeah. but you don't need it deep in your soul. Some of them do. I mean, I would say more more often. I, I mean, I backtrack there too. But our young people are hurting, and sometimes they need the promise of a new life and resurrection and hope. But we have to help identify those moments. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I get my. I think they need to hear that throughout because that's you know that is core to our faith. Mm-hmm. But their experience of it. It's going to be when things fall apart. And some of them it is early. And some of it it's this process. I think most of our kids are at some level very lonely mm-hmm. in very a lonely. really deep way. Very lonely. I My daughter is uh, – I love – my daughter is – I'm not sure what she is on the Enneagram, but I'm mm. just fascinated to see her grow in that. But she will tell me what she needs. Mm. So every night she will say, I love you. And she waits until we respond, my son mm. and my husband and I, and she'll say, I love you. I love you. Did anybody not yeah. hear me? And then she wants you to say, like, I love you too. Like, she yeah. knows these are my needs. She yeah. demands um, a response. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's a helpful place to, like, I don't know how she got there, yeah. but I hope young people can get there and say, I need, I'm lonely, but I need to, I need to know that I am not alone in this world. Yeah. And I need to be reminded of that. And sometimes they have to shake us out of our distractions, mm-hmm. our Netflix addictions, and yeah. and the church, too, to say, come back to that place and say, tell me you love me. Tell me yeah. God loves me. Um, you're getting too caught up in the pizza party, too. Yeah. yeah. 
And and sometimes a child's vulnerability, like you're talking about there, can wake us up past the thinking that they are just that. I mean, my, this year we did a thing in our congregation where I had people write on a cross what what they wanted God to take from them in Lent. And it wasn't meaning chocolate or, or – yeah. it was meaning like what is the great issue you're struggling with? Mm-hmm. And my daughter, nine-year-old daughter, wrote in big, bold letters, worry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like – and like it, it stabbed me in the heart. You didn't know I'm, she worried I, I, like And I'm like, I'm like what – I mean uh, to think what is, what what is, is my nine-year-old nine? worrying about? And we did. We had a real good conversation. Even though they're all supposed to be anonymous, obviously. I look at the merit. I know <laughs> that this, you know this scribbly writing, writing yeah. is my daughter. So I'm like, so what, what's going on? What are you worried about? And you, it's, it's – it's, you, you would say it's the quote-unquote normal stuff for a nine-year-old, but it's not normal her first time through it. It's you know kids being mean on the playground and all those things. And to be able to start those conversations early so that she'll still be having those conversations when she's 18. And, and, and yeah, and that because – When that goes back to what you said, it's a, it's a journey. It's a, life is a pilgrimage. It is a journey that we have to accompany them through their whole lives. Absolutely. And I will say the blessing, Cliff, of your daughter. It's one of the things I can tell you how important it is to working with young folks is honesty. Mm-hmm. Can you be honest? As I, I work with men, I think it's one of the toughest things we ever do I is to be honest. This generation might be more honest. I, I think you're yeah. right. I think they're having to be Yeah, because they're seeing the depression and they're mm-hmm. seeing the pain in their friends and they're having to say, hey, this this is hard. Yeah. Or I worry at nine years old. Imagine this is your daughter's generation. Mm-hmm. If she could say at nine that she worries, what's she going to say at 17? Yeah. yeah. And the honesty there mm-hmm. without shame. I, yeah, that's my great hope is that we're getting over the just get over it mm-hmm. attitude. You know, I mean, I mean, the, um, heck, the Eagles made a hit record with get over it. Yeah. But, but it's like that. The people who have thought that way seem to have realized, you know what? That wasn't such a good idea. It didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work to tell people just to get over it. We can't just stop doing that. We can't just stop worrying about it. We've got we've, we've to take the long, dark walk through it, mm-hmm. not over it. Yeah, and I would I mean, hope for your daughter and for anybody at that age would be when they're 17. Mm-hmm. Is that they go? Oh, I still worry, but also know it doesn't serve me well. Yeah. So I invest in things that serve me well. So I still yeah. have that. There's the honest piece. Yeah, yeah, I still have this. I have fear yeah. and I have anger. Mm-hmm. But here's what I do with that fear mm-hmm. and anger. Is that some emotional intelligence too? That we're. Do you work with some of that, like helping them know? We do. Yeah, uh, you know, there's this great language in men's work that, and you can put in whatever the trait is, but any anger that's not transformed is always transmitted. Mm. It's a universal truth. Oh, you say goodness. that with grief or shame or guilt. Mm-hmm. You don't just bottle it up. That's mm-hmm. impossible. There's been like zero success rate of bottling anger. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just comes out here and there. You just explained there. 90% of all the comment threads on the internet right there with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. And so to be able to do, you know, that's the thing of being awake, being able to go, ah, man, that is me when I'm anger, mm-hmm. angry. I don't need to deny that. That's absolutely who Dan is. And it always will be. What am I going to do? The shadow side work? Right. You've heard that language. Yeah. 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 And what's – for me sometimes when I get to the anger is like what's the fear? What's the fear that's causing this? And my son who's 17, yeah. we've use, been using that age, I will get so angry and he'll say, Mom, take it down a notch. And, and that just <laughs> makes me ratchet it up a notch or two. Mm-hmm. But there have been a couple times when he said, what fear is driving this anger? Mm. And I'll realize I only have a year with you. 
you got to get your stuff together because mm-hmm. I'm worried. And he'll see it and can name it mm. um, better than I could ever. What a gift. Yeah. Mm. But I think that's, that's this young generation that yeah. they, will, they will teach us mm-hmm. in a way that we haven't prepared ourselves for. Mm. Yeah. Well, I often go back to, I think one of the most provocative things in the Bible is the kingdom of God belongs to mm-hmm. such as the, what a provocative yeah. mm-hmm. things, that mm-hmm. sense of openness and awareness and, mm-hmm. you know, that great yesness to a young person's life. Mm-hmm. So what's your takeaway for us? Any, any final words or thoughts you have? Any last thing that scribbled on that card that we haven't heard yet? <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did make some great notes. Um, I think... Our big hope is starting with love. Mm-hmm. If folks don't know that they are loved by God, I just think that's always a starting point. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I'm working with a 45 year old, if they don't know they're loved by God, that's where we start. Mm-hmm. That's the transformational message. And then uh, another theme of ours is keep going, keep mm-hmm. going, keep moving through whatever that uh, process is, and. Um, being honest and don't expect words to change folks. Mm -hmm. I don't think they do. And I will say out of all the initiatory journeys I've been on, this has been Mm -hmm. fun because I work at this really hard. I like to study and know this stuff. It's been fun when we go back. What have been the change agents for me? Not once in all these years has anybody ever said, it was when you said... Yeah, never. never, never. It was always, I was this experience. It's when I I cooked for the crew. Yeah. It's when that day I didn't think I could make it. You washed their feet, Mm. yeah. Exactly. It's very, you know... So I, I think um, being honest and open with young folks, showing up again and again and again are the keys. And the wilderness. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much to teach outside. Right. There's Get a whole other podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Biz, changing business as usual. Business yeah. as usual It's not going to teach you much. Right. So where can we find you? Yeah. Uh, uh, you can find me. You're not often on social media. I'm not a social media guy. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm gonna actually. Uh, we'll, we'll do it in another. Um, our, you can point it out in another podcast. Is I do want to be available. That's kind of okay, the next great. iteration of my work is mm-hmm. to be available for this work. So right now I'm Dan at Rockmont.com. You can find me right and there. Camp Rockmont is an amazing place for uh, young boys to journey through life, and um, I've seen that firsthand, and I'm grateful for that. I'm glad to hear that. We're also a place, a men's uh, group, of men, work with men, and everybody's welcome at Rockmont. Mm-hmm. There's no, you have to be this or that, or you have to fit in this gender or that. You're welcome at Rockmont. Wonderful. Which I hope is how the church is. Mm-hmm. That is what That's we believe the church is. That's Absolutely. our hope that we stand upon. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time. We're grateful for it. It's a pleasure. Be sure to join us next time. We're going to have information for leaders in the local church, youth leaders or or parents who are chaperoning trips. You can find us in the Big Ideas and Youth Ministry Facebook group. See you next time. This has been the Big Ideas and Youth Ministry Podcast. Join us in the Big Ideas and Youth Ministry Facebook group to be part of the ongoing conversation.